Chapter 19. I find out the truth, sort of. Imagine the largest concert crowd you'd ever seen. A football field packed with a million fans. Now imagine a field a million times a day packed with people. And imagine the electricity has gone out and there is no noise. No light, no beach ball bouncing around over the crowd. Something tragic has happened backstage. Whispers, whispering, masses of people are just smiling around in the shadows, waiting for a concert that will never start. If you can picture that, you have a pretty good idea what the fields of Aspidal look like. The black grass had been trampled by eons of dead feet. A warm, moist wind blew like the bread of swamp. Black trees, Grover told me they were poplars, grew in clumps there and there. The cavern ceiling was so high above us, it might have been a bank of storm clouds, except for the stalactites, which glowed faint gray and looked wickedly pointed. I tried not to imagine they'd fall on us. I tried to imagine, I tried not to imagine they'd fall on us at any moment, but dotted around the field were several that had fallen and impaled themselves in the black grass. I guess the dead didn't have to worry about little hazards like being speared by the south type. The size of a booster rockets. And but Grover and I tried to blend into the crowd. Keeping an eye out for security ghouls, I couldn't help looking for familiar faces among the spirits of Aspidal, but the dead are hard to look at. Their faces shimmer. They look slightly angry or confused. They will come up to you and speak, but their voices sound like clatter, like bats twittering. Once they realize you can't understand them, they frown and move away. The dead aren't scared, they're just sad. We crept along, following the line of the new arrivals that snaked from the main gate toward a black pivot pavilion with a banner that read, Judgments from Elysium and Eternal Damnation. Welcome, newly deceased. Out the back of the tent came two much smaller lines to the left. Spares flanked by security ghouls were marched down a rocky path toward the fields of punishment, which glowed and smoked in the distance. A vast cracked wasteland with rivers of lava and minefields. And even from far away, I could see people being chased by hellhounds, burned at the stake, forced to run naked through cactus patches, or listen to opera music. I could just make out a tiny hill, the ant-sized figure of Sisyphus, struggling to move his boulder to the top. And I saw worse tortures to things I don't want to describe. The lines coming from the right side of the judgment pavilion was much better. This one led through toward a small valley surrounded by walls, a gated community, which seemed to be the only happy part of the underworld. Beyond the security gate were neighborhoods of beautiful houses from every time period in history, Roman villas and medieval castles and, and Victorian mansions. Silver and gold flowers bloom on the lawns. The grass rippled in rainbow colors. I could hear laughter and smell barbecue cooking, Elysium. In the middle of the valley was a glittering blue lake with three small islands like a vacation resort in the Bahamas. The Isles of the Blessed for people who had chosen to be reborn three times and three times achieved Elysium. Immediately I knew what's there, what that's where I want to go when I die. 
that's what it's all about, Annabeth said, like she was reading my thoughts. The place for heroes. But I thought of how few people there were in Elysium, how tiny it was compared to the fields of Asphodel, or even the fields of punishment. So few people did good in their lives. It was depressing. We left the judgment, judgment pavilion and moved deeper into the Asphodel fields. It got darker. The colors faded from our clothes. The crowds of chattering spirits began to tin. After a few miles of walking, we began to hear a familiar screech in the distance. Looming above the horizon was a place of flaring black obsidian. Above the parapets rolled dark tree bat-like creatures. The Furies. I got a feeling they were waiting for us. I suppose it's too late to turn back, Grover said wistfully. We'll be okay, I, I tried to sound confident. Maybe we should search some of the other places first, Grover suggested. Like, Illusion, for instance. Come on, goat boy, Annabeth grabbed his arms. Grover yelped. His sneakers straddled wings and his legs shot forward. Pulling away from Annabeth, he landed flat on his back on the grass. Grover, Annabeth chitted, stop messing around. But I didn't. He yelped again. His shoes were flapping like crazy now. They levitated off the ground and started dragging him away from us. Maya, he yelled, but the magic word seemed to have no effect. Maya already, 911, help! I got over being stunned and made a grab for Grover's hand, but too late, he was picking up speed, skidding downhill like a bobsled. We ran after it. Amber shouted, I'm trying to shoot! It was a smart idea, but I guess it's not so scary when our shoes are pulling you along feet first at full speed. Grover tried to... But I guess it's not so easy when your shoes are pulling you feet along feet versus full speed. Grover tried to sit up, but he couldn't get close to his shoes. We kept after him, trying to keep him sight as he zipped between the legs of the spirits who chattered at him in annoyance. I was sure Grover was going to be to barrel straight through the gates of Hades' palace, but his shoes veered sharply to the right and dragged him into the opposite direction. The slope got steeper. Grover picked up speed. Annabeth and I had to sprint to keep up. The cabin walls narrowed on either side. I realized we'd entered some kind of side tunnel. No black glass, no black grass or tree sound, just rock underfoot and the dim light of the stalactites above. Grover! I yelled, my voice echoing. Hold on to something! What? He yelled back. He was grabbing at the gravel, but there was nothing big enough to slow him down. The tunnel got darker and colder. The hairs on my arms bristled. It smelled evil down here. It made me think of ancient stone altar and the full bread of murderer. Then I saw what was ahead of us. I just stopped, and I stopped dead in my tracks. The tunnel widened into a huge shark cavern. And in the middle was a chasm, the size of a city block. Grover was sliding straight toward the edge. Come, Percy! Annabeth yelled, tugging at my wrist. But that's... I know! She shouted. The place you've described in your dream. But Grover's going to fall if you don't catch him. She was right, of course. Grover's predicament got me moving again. He was yelling, drawing on the ground but the winged shoes kept dragging him toward the pit. 
and it didn't look like we could possibly get him in time. What saved him were his hooves. The flying sneakers had always been a loose fit on him. Finally, Grover hit a big rod on the left, and the left shoe came flying off. It sped into the darkness, down into the chasm. The right shoe kept tugging him along, but not as fast. Grover was able to slow himself down by grabbing on a big rock and using it as an anchor. It was ten feet from the edge of the pit when we caught him and hauled him back to the slope. The other winged shoe tugged itself off, circled us angrily, and kicked our heads and protest before flying off in a chasm to join its twin. We all collapsed, exhausted, on obsidian gravel. My limbs felt like lead. Even my backpack seemed heavier, as if somebody had filled it with rocks. Grover was scr scratched up pretty bad. His hands were bleeding. His eyes had gone slit pupilled, goat-style, the way they did whenever he was terrified. I don't know how, he panted. I didn't wait, I said. Listen, I heard something, a deep whisper in the darkness. Another few seconds, Annabeth said, Percy, this place, shh, I stood. The sound was getting louder, a muttering evil voice from far below us, coming from the pit. Grover sat up. What's that noise? Annabeth heard it to now. I could see it in her eyes. Tartarus, the entrance to Tartarus. Tartarus, the entrance to Tartarus. I encamped Analuxmos. The bronze sword expanded, gleaming in the darkness. The evil voice seemed to falter just for a moment before resuming its chant. I could almost, I could almost make out the words now. Ancient, ancient words, older even than Greek, as if magic. I said. We have to get out of here, Annabeth said. Together we dragged Grover off to his hooves and started back up the tunnel. My legs wouldn't move fast enough. Backpack weighed me down. The voice got louder and angrier behind us, and we broke into a run. Not a moment too soon. A cold blast of wind pulled our backs, as if the entire pit was inha were inhaling. For a terrifying moment, I lost ground. My feet slipping on the gravel. If we'd been any closer to the edge, we would have seen been sucked in. We kept struggling forward and finally reached the top of the tunnel, where the cavern winded out in the fields of Asphodel. The wind died. A wail of outrage echoed from deep in the tunnel. Something was not happy. We got in away. What was that? Grover panted when we collapsed in a relatively safely a black poplar grove. One of Hades pets? Abed and I looked at each other. I could tell she was nursing an idea, probably the same one she'd gotten during the taxi ride to LA, but she was too scared to share it. That was enough to terrify me. I uncapped my sword, put the pen back in my pocket. Let's keep going, I looked at Grover. Can you walk? He swallowed. Yeah, sure, I never liked those shoes anyway. He tried to sound brave about it, but it was trembling as badly as Annabeth and we were. Whatever was in that pit, whatever was in that pit, was nobody's pet. It was unspeakably old and powerful. Even Achina hadn't given me that feeling. I was almost relieved to turn my back on the tunnel and head toward the place of Hades. Almost. Thank you.
everyone, chapter 19, I find out the truth, sort of, is not yet finished, but please stay tuned for chapter 20. Enjoy my podcast? Please send a voice message so I will know how much do you like my podcast. <laughs>